Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into the 2018 Spirit Awards in today's episode. What's this? What's this? It's supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. What is this? What is this? So yeah, these are the 2018 Spirit Awards. I've mentioned in the past that I joined them this year uh, to help vote for a winner and kind of just feel a part of the conversation, you know, help this way, at least if the things I want to win don't win, I at least know that I did what I could to get them to to get the statuette or I don't know exactly what the Spirit Awards give out, uh, but yeah, I, I'll feel better about it. So. I'm staring at my ballot right now. It's all done online, and I'm just going to kind of go through. There's 13 categories, and I'll briefly touch on the nominees and uh, let you know why I picked the one I picked. So let's do this. And it the voting order is kind of the opposite of the order that uh, awards are normally announced in. So like the first category is Best Feature, and the nominations are completely handled by an in-house team at the Spirit Awards. I'm not sure how big it is or uh, who they are, but it's all done from their end, and it's the voting that takes place on the member side. So, first category is Best Feature, and the nominees are Call Me By Your Name, The Florida Project, Get Out, Lady Bird, and The Rider. Uh, now, four of these are pretty well-known films in the film community right now. Uh, with the exception being The Rider. And I'll be honest, uh, I thought The Rider was solid, uh, a solid movie, but it, it was pretty average for me at the end of the day. And so that one is definitely the lowest of, of these five, in my opinion. Uh, and that kind of leaves you with the more prominent titles. Unfortunately, I, I do wish more of the lesser-known movies had a chance, and in other categories, they definitely will as we get to them. But for now, uh, this category definitely belongs to the more prominent titles. Then, with the four that were left, uh, the next one that kind of definitely falls off the list for me is The Florida Project. It's really good, and you know, if you've heard me t talk about it before, you know, I really liked it, but I, I think it was. I don't know, it, it just the, the characters are so despicable with, like, the main exception of, like, Willem Dafoe, like, all the other characters are, do awful things to each other, and it's a really tough movie for me to enjoy, and I think it lacked enough sort of brevity and, and uh, sympathetic elements to their characters at times. One of my few complaints, but, but definitely a big one, and so The Floor Project is the next one that really falls off for me, leaving Call Me By Your Name, Get Out, Lady Bird, and if I think all of these are great movies, but if you look at my own Circle of Film Awards, the only one of these that gets nominated for Best Picture in my book is Lady Bird, and that one is my my pick. So Lady Bird, in my opinion, better than Call Me by Your Name, better than Get Out. Uh, if I had to rank them, it would be Call Me by Your Name second and Get Out third uh, at this point in time. So that's where that's that's where my head's at. Best feature. Number two uh, is Best Director, and the nominees are Sean Baker for The Florida Project, 
Jonas Carpignano for A Chiambra, Luca Guadagnino, Call Me By Your Name, Jordan Peele, Get Out, Benny and Josh Safdie for Good Time, and Chloe Zhao for The Rider. So, just like before, uh, I think Chloe Zhao is kind of knocked off this one for The Rider. I wasn't very high on it, uh, so that really hurts its chances here for me. And Akiambra is another one. It's, it's a foreign language film that I think is fine. It kind of falls into that into the same space as the writer for me, but it just I don't know. It just it doesn't quite get over that hump to make it interesting and and worthwhile in my opinion. And that's a shame. I, I think there's a good story in that movie. Uh, the general plot synopsis I put down for it is a boy follows in his brother's footsteps until his brother disappears, and then he kind of has to confront that whole new reality he's living in. So it, it definitely comes from a good place, but I found it to be largely problematic at times. So again, we're kind of left with the bigger named films. Uh, in this case, we replaced Lady Bird with Good Time. And I love Good Time. I think it's fantastic. Uh, and if you look at my personal Circle of Film Awards right now, some of these directors are actually there. So uh, looking at 2017, uh, who do we got? We have only one of them actually is, is makes the list, and that's Jordan Peele for Get Out. And I think Guadagnino does a great job in Coming Our Name. Baker and the Safdie brothers are also fantastic for their films, but Peele is just kind of on another level as far as directing. Now, if Lady Bird had gotten in here, that would have made this a lot more interesting because I have those two very, very close. And uh, I am constantly putting one ahead of the other every other day, almost. So that would have been a fantastic sort of inner battle for me. However, with the absence of Greta Gerwig, I kind of just have to go with Jordan Peele for Get Out. I think he does an incredible job uh, directing Get Out. Number three is Best Screenplay. Uh, and the nominees are Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird, Azazel Jacobs for The Lovers, Martin McDonough for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Jordan Peele for Get Out, and Mike White for Beatrice at Dinner. And Beatrice at Dinner is the easy exclusion in this category. I think there's a strong, like, two-thirds, three-quarters of a movie, and the ending just completely shits the bed, in my opinion. I was not a fan of how the movie ended, and so that has to do with the screenplay, and that is a problem for me. I'm also going to be pulling off of this list is Three Billboards. It is just incredibly problematic, and it's it's really all over the place, in my opinion. It's very tough to truly um, piece together, like, the plot line, and, like, some things just happen by convenience sake, and I don't know. I, I have a lot of issues with the screenplay for Three Billboards. And the last one I kind of want to remove, although I quite enjoyed the screenplay for The Lovers, I have to pull it out of the running. It's it's mostly dialogue, which is fine. I think dialogue is pretty much, you know, the biggest, one of the bigger elements of a screenplay. And the dialogue in that is good. You have some fantastic performances that really put that dialogue on display. But I kind of feel like Outside of the dialogue, there's not a lot there, and the other two uh, films that I'm still 
that I put above it, I do think they match the lovers in how strong the dialogue is, as well as providing a lot of other interesting and fascinating de uh, decisions in the screenplay beyond that. So that leaves Lady Bird and Get Out, which seems to be kind of a, uh, a pattern forming. But those two are fantastic, great films. And, you know, Peel won director uh, and Lady Bird won best feature. And for me, when you look at the screenplay, I think one of these films kind of happens to work a lot better as a screenplay. I think much of what makes Get Out work is the visual representation of the film and the way that Peel directs it, which is why I think his direction is so great. Uh, and not that the screenplay is bad. It's, it's very, very, very good. I do think that Lady Bird's, Lady Bird benefits more from its screenplay than its direction, in my opinion. And it, Which is not to say that Gerwig is bad. I think her direction is fantastic, but I think the screenplay plays a much bigger role in Lady Bird than the screenplay for Get Out plays in Get Out. So my vote here is for Gerwig. Moving on to the next category. This is Best First Feature. And the films are Columbus, Ingrid Goes West, Menashe, Oh Lucy, and Patty Cakes. So some less, lesser known films. I have talked about Columbus on this show and Ingrid Goes West, I believe. I've, both, I've done episodes for both of them. Uh, I've seen all of them, and there's two, in my opinion, that I would knock off of this list uh, easily, and those are Menashe and Patty Cakes. I think they're both good. I, I definitely enjoyed watching both of them. They both provide an interesting look into a world that is very underrepresented, but I also feel like they're slighter and, and, and less well put together than the other films on this list, which is a shame. I, I think there's a lot of potential, and I, I, I'm really interested. I, I definitely think both of, excuse me, all the filmmakers involved on these films are incredibly inspirational, and they're, they're sort of in this position where I, I really do want to see more from them, but these particular films didn't quite do it for me. That leaves Columbus, Ingrid Goes West, and Oh Lucy. Now, Ingrid Goes West and Oh Lucy are fascinating movies. I think Oh Lucy was kind of a big surprise for me. Uh, it, it, it's beautifully acted, and I was really digging the movie. It features a couple of, like, actually recognizable actors in it, which was fun and, and and you know Megan Mullally is in that movie for like two seconds which is weird but I love the movie unfortunately Oh Lucy kind of falls short a little bit in just what it's trying to represent I, I couldn't quite get come across with an exact theme or or motion or, or motif or whatever was trying to come across in this movie. I do recommend seeing it. I do think it is very good. Uh, the performances in it are, are fantastic, but I did find it less impactful than the other two. So that leaves Columbus and Ingrid Goes West, and they're both great, but for me, the movie that really impacted me more than the other 
and one that I will, you know, go down fighting for is Columbus. I think it's incredible and so beautifully directed, so beautifully shot, and brilliantly acted. And I, I'm just really a big fan of this movie. Number five is best first screenplay. Uh, so here we have first-time writers, including uh, for this <laughs> for the movie Donald Cried, writer Chris Avedisian, Avedisian, story by Kyle Espeleta and Jesse Wakeman. For The Big Sick, Emily V. Gordon and Kumail Nanjiani. For Women Who Kill, Ingrid Jungerman. Ingrid, Ingrid Jungerman. Uh, Columbus, Koganada, and Ingrid Goes West, David Branson Smith, and Matt Spicer. So, this one's a lot trickier. Uh, all of these movies, with one exception, I think are really good. And so that movie is Donald Cried. And... It was a, it's a strange movie. It really does take some time to really buy into what this movie is trying to put you in, the position is trying to put you in. It, it plays off like this kind of a screwball comedy with this central character of Donald who is very, very strange and difficult to, to really get behind. And so that was, that was a big struggle for me watching that movie. I, I don't know if there's a way that they could have made that more palatable, but it really wasn't always working for me. Moving on to some of the others, I think uh, I think Women Who Kill is well-written, but it, it benefits more from the performances and uh, the, the direction uh, than it does from the writing, I think. And I would say the same for Ingrid Goes West. It it looks great, and it has, and I think, like, different actors, and that movie doesn't quite work as well when you have Aubrey Plaza and Elizabeth Olsen really giving that movie their all. That That's really tough to, to say no to, but for me, it, it really was a problem with, I think, <clears throat> I think the screenplay isn't the best part of that movie. So that just leaves me with Koganada for Columbus and Emily V. Gordon and Kumail Nanjiani for The Big Sick. And if you look at my current nominations uh, for screenplay, Koganada is unfortunately not on there for Columbus, and Kumail and Emily are there for The Big Sick. I just think that that movie is so well written, and not just the dialogue, which is impeccable, but the way that the scenes are constructed and the having to deal with uh, um, the, the Emily's character in the movie being cut out of like the middle half of the movie is is a very big step and and hurdle to overcome and the script and the screenplay just flies by it with perfect colors so big sick best first screenplay number six best female lead Nominees are Salma Hayek for Beatrice at Dinner, Frances McDormand, Three Billboards, Margot Robbie, I, Tanya, Saoirse Ronan, Lady Bird, Shinobu Toriyama, O Lucy, and Regina Williams, Life and Nothing More. Uh, so Life and Nothing More is one we haven't mentioned yet. I did see that. Let me see. Life and Nothing. Nothing More. Life and Nothing More. Is good. It's a good movie, and 
The general plot is a boy yearns to connect with his father, while his mother wants more than just being a parent. So, uh, in this case, Regina Williams plays the mother in the film, and she is one of, I would I would say, two main characters, which is kind of a knock against her in the film. She doesn't have as much impact on the film as, say, Saoirse Ronan, Margot Robbie, Sam Hayek, Francis McDormand, and Shinobu Toriyama have, and that makes it kind of easy to kind of remove her off the table. And then, of the remaining performances, three of them are currently in my best lead nominees. So you have Saoirse Ronan there. Um, you have uh, Frances McDormand. And you have Margot Robbie. So Salma Hayek is fine. I never really bought that she was like the best performance, a best performance contender. Uh, I suppose in when you limit the field, this kind of puts her on, gives her an opportunity, but I don't know, it, it didn't, it wasn't for me, like, anything outstanding. Whereas Shinobu Teriyama definitely doesn't miss my nominations by that much, but she does, like, she's good, but she's not great, um, which kind of leaves it to a three-horse race, which is kind of the same... If you add in, like, Sally Hawkins, this is, you know, your Oscars contention, really. And uh, while Frances McDormand has kind of been winning everything, I have her ranked lowest out of the three. Actually, that's not true. I have her ranked second out of the three, and I actually have Margot Robbie lowest, uh, which means, for me, it's Saoirse Ronan. I think she's incredible. I think, you know, it's, it's so much more about the way she embodies the character of Lady Bird. Because, you know, obviously, they're all great. Like, I wouldn't take anything away from any of them. But I do feel like there's more going on in Saoirse Ronan's character than in either Tanya Harding or Frances McDormand as uh, Mildred, I think. Uh, you know, Margot Robbie has one incredible scene towards the end of her movie. Frances McDormand gets to kind of play up this sort of bitter, angry scorned mother character really well, like, absolutely really well, but it does come off mostly one note for me, unfortunately, and I think Saoirse Ronan is just far better in her movie, in my opinion. So, Saoirse Ronan. Best Male Lead, category number seven. Uh, the nominees are Timothy Chalamet for Call Me By Your Name, Harris Dickinson for Beach Rats, James Franco for The Disaster Artist, Daniel Kaluuya for Get Out, and Robert Pattinson for Good Time. And this one is close. So, it's kind of between uh, two people here. Because I think Harris Dickinson is good, but I don't understand like the just absolute love for his performance. It doesn't make sense to me. I think he's good in the movie, but the character he plays is just not great. I don't know. I don't know. I think the the writing in Beach Rats is average, and I think Harris Dickinson isn't capable of elevating the writing enough to make the performance really stand out. Um, as well, like James Franco, obviously I think there's really no chance that he could possibly win because of the allegations that have come out. He missed the Oscar a nomination, unfortunately, due to those. Uh, his performance is really good. He plays a fantastic Tommy Wiseau. But 
I think that his performance misses <clears throat> extra layers. And Tommy Wiseau himself doesn't really have extra layers that we're aware of, which is problematic for the performance in and of itself. And finally, Daniel Kaluuya is really good, but for me, his his very subtle he's got a very subtle and inward performance in Get Out, which is really good. And you know he's definitely on my list of nominees, 100%. But he does trail behind Pattinson and Chalamet. So Chalamet really broke onto the scene this year. He's also in Lady Bird. He's also in Hostiles, and it's it's truly remarkable just how good he is in Call Me By Your Name. He's charming. He is you know effusive. He is um, you you empathize with his character. You can feel his pain. You can see his emotions, and he's not really telling them to you. And when you get to the end credits, that last scene is heartbreaking and tragic. It's truly special. Whereas, on the other hand, you have Robert Pattinson in Good Time, who is also just completely, you know, outperforming anything he's done in the past, in my opinion. You know, he is kind of crazy and wild, and you can see the desperation in his face. You know, he is a character who is absolutely in love with his brother, will do anything to save and help his brother, and unfortunately, he kind of just... It's, it's problematic. It's very problematic. He, he, everything he's trying to do kind of just puts his brother in a worse position. Up to the point where, in an attempt to break him out of the hospital, he ends up picking, breaking out the wrong guy. And uh, it's just awfulness. Every single decision he makes ends up being basically the wrong one. And yet he's making the best decision at the time from our perspective. And it just keeps leading to a worse and worse situation. And Pattinson is just so beautifully displaying this character at the end of his rope, who is, in, you know, he can convince you to do anything, absolutely anything. And it's it's really tough to say no to him. Like, all these characters throughout the movie that he's able to convince to, to be on his side and to do things his way, it's... it's it's beautiful to watch, and so it really is between those two for me, and I think the only edge that I'll give is that Chalamet does provide a much more emotional connection to his character than Pattinson does, and while they're not doing the same thing, they're not in the same characters, they're in far different, incredibly different movies, I do have to give the slight edge to Chalamet. Number eight is Best Supporting Female. The nominees are Holly Hunter for The Big Sick, Allison Janney for I, Tanya, Laurie Metcalf for Lady Bird, Lois Smith for Marjorie Prime, and Talia Lennis-Webster for Good Time. And for me, this... Uh, let's see. I have Laurie Metcalf, Holly Hunter, and Allison Janney in my list of nominations. So, unfortunately, I do have to remove Talia Lennis-Webster and Lois Smith from this list pretty easily. Janny, it's just so one note. I, I understand why people are rallying around her to win. I get it. For me, she just kind of plays... She doesn't have a mu as, much, as many layers to her as Hunter and Metcalf do. 
She's really good at playing this kind of bitchy character, but uh, there's not much more to it than that, in my opinion. Whereas Holly Hunter and Laurie Metcalf, these really grief-stricken mothers who can't really get a handle on the predicament that their daughters are in, and in Holly Hunter's case, she's forced to kind of reconcile with this guy who's not really even the boyfriend of her daughter, though she's not really fully aware of that. Uh, and in Larry Metcalf's case, uh, she can't... She's only really dealing with her daughter, Ladybird, And just the way that she, she Ladybird, is kind of always... I don't know, looking out for herself, in a sense. And it's very fascinating to see the two of them every time they interact. Whether it's in the car, whether it's in the kitchen, whether it's a, um, you know, whether it's trying on clothes, any of those things. You know, the two of them interacting is the best part of the, that movie. And so for me, it really does come down to Holly Hunter and Laurie Metcalf. You know, the scene where... Holly Hunter and Ray Romano are arguing in the hospital about what to do next, and Holly Hunter is like circling him like a lion. It's oh, it's so fantastic. But for me, it's Metcalf. It's pretty much been Metcalf all year since I saw Lady Bird. She's uh, she's just so perfect in that movie, and it's you know that. Airport scene gets me every time. I I'm just struck by that film. I'm I'm so struck by that film and by that performance in it. Laurie Metcalf. Best supporting male. Uh, the nominees are Nanamdi Asamuga from Crown Heights, Army Hammer, Call Me by Your Name, Barry Keegan, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, Sam Rockwell, Three Billboards, and Benny Safdie, Good Time. If you look at my nominations, you will see uh, Barry Keegan for Killing of a Sacred Deer and Sam Rockwell for Three Billboards. Uh, I think Army Hammer's really good. He just kind of misses my list of supporting uh, actors. Uh, Nanamdi Asamuga in Crown Heights, which is a film we haven't talked about yet. He's pretty good in it. I, I do think that the character isn't quite three-dimensional and fleshed out the way it could be and like the film overall I wasn't very good happy with I think it's kind of by the numbers and then Benny Safdie definitely nearly misses a nomination he is fantastic um, just like Chalamet in Call Me By Your Name he has a an incredible end credits scene and sequence that's beautiful to watch and uh, he really kind of comes out of nowhere in that film because you're following Pattinson for so long and every time you see Benny, it's it's really special. He he gives that character so much more than I think most actors would be able to. So that leaves Rockwell and Keegan. If you've seen The Killing of a Sacred Deer, uh, Barry Keegan, he's very young, but he's able to absolutely give off this just kind of like Joker vibe. You know, Heath Ledger and the Joker, just he he's... He's kind of got a plan, but he's also just a maniac and sadistic and just you can't really get a good grip on how much of that movie is really happening, uh, how much of it is just sort of 
presenting the a, a different reality and it, it's very strange and Keegan fits to that <laughs> fits in that mold absolutely perfectly and I think he's of the strongest element of that movie whereas Sam Rockwell so much has been said about this character so much has been said about this movie in relation to this character but at the end of the day it's it's not so much that Rockwell's able to convince you that his character is redeemable it's just about convincing you that he that his character recognizes so his character's uh, Dixon officer Dixon who's no longer an officer at the end of the movie but he realizes by the end of the movie that he's pro- he's he's got some problems and whether or not he's going to fix them i don't know you know he he may not he 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 does seem to try to do better towards the end of the movie but it's tough uh he's presumably lived the same way for 30 40 years or so and that's a tough thing to teach yourself out of uh, especially with the kind of mother he's got in that movie so those are the two it really it, the decision is for me and i'm kind of going to go the same way most of the awards uh ceremonies have gone and i'm going to give mine to rockwell i think as great as keegan is in killing of a sacred deer he is kind of just playing this one note villain in the movie when you really reduce it down to that which isn't the biggest issue necessarily but it is kind of a a minor issue in my opinion and that's the knock against it so sam rockwell for me best cinematography nominees are thimios bakatakis for the killing of a sacred deer alicia christian for columbus helene levar for beach rats Sayombo Mukdipram for Call Me By Your Name, and Joshua James Richards for The Rider. Cinematography. I don't have a cinematography category. It's rolled into my special uh, special effects category. And none of these films are nominated for that in my, in my awards, if I remember correctly. Um, no. So... This one's tough. I think if I ha I think I can I'm eliminating gonna eliminate the killing of a sacred deer off the bat, as well as Beach Rats and The Rider. I think the Rider is the best of those three. Uh Joshua James Richards gets uh, some beautiful scenery pictures, landscapes are incredible. Uh watching this this um this guy like try to return to the thing he loves and like getting back up on the horse quite literally he's it's troubling and he's shot in a beautiful way like the movie looks great it really does but it's columbus and calling our name and for columbus you have this sort of inverse version of wes anderson movies everything is kind of just not symmetrical as opposed to um wes anderson where everything is pretty much symmetrical and the strength here is that it doesn't feel out of place it doesn't feel awkward it doesn't feel weird when your main characters are in the bottom right corner of the screen and the rest of the screen you're seeing is this beautiful uh architecture or um, another thing i've seen that sticks out to me there's a scene with like john cho who's 
you can't even like see his entire body on the screen when he's doing something. You're watching the rest of this room that he's in. And I think that some of these decisions, while they don't seem to make sense on if you like put them on paper, absolutely work when you see them in the movie. And that's really impressive. Whereas in Call Me By Your Name, uh, Sayumbu Mukdipram, there's some just beautiful shots in that movie. It's it's truly incredible because uh, there's a, lo- a couple long takes that I really love. Uh, just the way that the house is constructed and the way that we can see, you know, we see characters through doorways and in room other rooms through doorways a lot in that movie. And he he's able to get, um, Mukdipram is able to get a lot of great shots in that sense. But for me, I just, uh, I don't know, I, I, I almost feel like picking Columbus is kind of cheating when it has such beautiful architecture to work with, but I don't think that Call Me Your Name has bad architecture to work with. Like, that house that they, that Chalamet's family lives in are, it's gorgeous, it's absolutely beautiful, and they take so many trips to the countryside, which look great, there's a shot of Hammer and Chalamet biking down this dirt path, and we just follow them until they're specks of dust, basically, in the very far distance. But I I gotta go with Columbus here. I think it's just so beautiful to look at, and some of the moments, you know, just the way that the shots are constructed, it's 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 beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Number eleven is best editing. The nominees are Ronald Bronstein and Benny Safdie for Good Time, Walter Fasano for Call Me By Your Name, Alex O'Flynn for The Rider, Gregory Plotkin for Get Out, and Tatiana S. Regal for I, Tanya. And, man, these guys really love The Rider. I didn't, uh, which is a shame, because it kind of just gets booted off of every category it was nominated for. And that's kind of going to happen here again. And uh, editing is also a special effects category for me, Uh, but this time there is a film, none of these are nominated in my, that category for me, but one of them I think has better editing than all the others, and that's Itania. Itania is shot as like a faux documentary, intersplicing, you know, talking head segments in the present with the sort of life of Tanya Harding in the past, and I think Good Time, Get Out, Call Me Your Name, good editing. Like, they all have really good editing. Itania's is just so much better. Uh, there's only one film I would have picked above this one in, in an editing category, and that's Baby Driver. I guess I would put, I guess Dunkirk too. So that, Itania would be third for me. But neither of them are, I don't think either of them qualify. I think they're all too expensive. I know Dunkirk is. I think Baby Driver is as well. So <clears throat> this one's pretty easy for me to pick Itania. Number 12, best documentary. So we have The Departure, Faces Places, Last Men in Aleppo, Motherland, and Quest. And man, so I think only one of these coincides with the Oscar category, and that's Faces Places. Uh, So that one kind of sticks out, but actually... There's a movie on here. I wasn't expecting anything to beat Faces Places in this category, and it does. So I gave Faces Places, let's see, 
a 67. So it's not a really highly rated movie, but it is quite strong of a film. Uh, whereas, like, Last Man in Aleppo, Motherland Quest, they're all, like, average or worse for me. Uh, Motherland, I gave a 64. That's the next highest after Faces Places. And you have to go pretty far down to find the next one. Quest is a 50, even. But one of the, but the departure, I actually really enjoyed the departure. It gives you such an in-depth look at this, this fascinating subject uh, who is, you know, he's a former punk rocker who became a Buddhist priest that now helps people avoid suicide, which is just an incredible description of a movie. And I don't really think I want to say any more about it. Like, I think you should try to find it if you haven't, because it's it's really interesting and goes really deep into this man's life, uh, which is just absolutely fascinating. Uh, and then this is the final category, Best International Film. Uh, and the nominees are BPM, Beats Per Minute, A Fantastic Woman, I Am Not a Witch, Lady Macbeth, and Loveless. Now, Lady Macbeth is actually a 2016 movie for me. So that's, I mean, in this instance, I will consider it against these movies, but it won't, won't factor into any of my categories uh, this year because it came out last year for me. And so Loveless, I will talk about first. I think it's great. I think it's really good. Uh, I gave it a 76. It's, it's a fascinating portrayal of these parents who don't really care about their child, uh, until he goes missing. Very, very problematic. I Am Not a Witch, I think is also really good. I gave it a 73. And it's very funny in the opening sequences. The first half of the movie is very funny. And then the ending is a gut punch. And I credit the movie for being able to pull off that, that fantastic dichotomy at disp on display. It, it really does the film such a great service in order to pull off that kind of a magic trick in a way hence i'm not a witch and then a fantastic woman falls in between those with a 75 i i really enjoyed fantastic woman uh i think daniela vega is incredible she's captivating i really hope she can continue to act after that movie and the dream sequences the music the singing all of that was so much fun and the sort of plight of her character is one that really holds your focus and keeps your attention. So I really enjoyed that movie as well. Uh, but I think a lot of people, and the kind of the movie I expect to win this category is BPM. And I'll be honest, that's my least favorite of these five. A lot of people love that movie. A lot of people think it got snubbed at the Oscars. I don't think it did. Uh, I thought it was fairly average. It's very, very long. And I don't know. I, I just don't... I didn't see what everyone else was seeing, I guess. So that just leaves Lady Macbeth. And despite the fact that it came out last year for me, it's amazing. I love that movie. It's a pretty easy pick for me. It's an 89 on my lit spreadsheet. And I think it's incredible. 
like I said, I, I fully expect BPM to win this category, but I know, I don't know, I could be, could be wrong. And I don't know, Lady Macbeth, you know, Florence Pugh is brilliant in that film. She is incredible, and it's fascinating that that kind of a movie works, and she's the biggest reason that it does. So, uh, just to kind of sum up here, Best Feature, Lady Bird. Best Director, Jordan Peele for Get Out. Best Screenplay, Greta Gerwig, Lady Bird. Best First Feature, Columbus. Best First Screenplay, Gordon and Nanjiani for The Big Sick. Best Female Lead, Saoirse Ronan, Lady Bird. Best Male Lead, Chalamet for To Call Me By Your Name. Supporting Female, Laurie Metcalf, Lady Bird. Supporting Male, Sam Rockwell, Three Billboards. Cinematography, Alicia Christian for Columbus. Best Editing, Tatiana S. Reigel for I, Tanya. Best Documentary, The Departure. And Best International Film, Lady Macbeth. Those are my nominees for, or those are my winner picks for Spirit Awards, for the Independent Spirit Awards, and uh, I have successfully completed my voting. Just that second. <laughs> so, uh, voting ends February 16th. It is the, tw- the 11th as I record this, so this Friday is the last day to vote. And then I think... Yeah, and then the actual awards aren't until March 3rd, which is a Saturday, the day before the Oscars. So that is when we will find out whether or not I got some, got picked some winners. We'll see. Uh, that's it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you'd like to get in touch with me for any reason you want to share with me your top movie lists, uh, you can contact me through email, circleoffilm at gmail.com, or on Twitter, at Circle of Film. Uh, you can also go to the website, circleoffilm.com, for past episodes, statistics, my own Circle of Film Award nominations currently, and much, much more. Or, uh, you, if you would like to support the show, you can do that at patreon.com slash circleoffilm. Thank you so much for listening once again, and as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same I know she'll never leave me Even as she fades from view So long, farewell, I'll be to say adieu In the name of love One night in the name of love So long, farewell, oh what I'll be to say Wait a minute Wait a minute Wait a minute So long